Welcome back to the World on Drugs podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Steve Fear, and we got another What Say It With Me, guys. Banger on our hands. This week's episode is all about Wayne Silk Perry, one of the most badass hitmen to ever walk the gosh darn planet. This episode is produced by my guy, Dr. Joe Hoswell. Shout out to you, Joe. Let's get a little synopsis on action. We're covering another hitman who had a decent hit list, but you probably do not know was lurking around. Today I'll be talking about Wayne Silk Perry, one of the most dangerous gangsters and hitmen to walk the streets of Washington, D.C. He's been called the Michael Jordan of murder and the primary hitman for Alberto Alpo Martinez, kind of another snitch bitch. This episode is an absolute banger, folks. This week's guest is Jamel Johnson. If you don't know him, he has multiple Comedy Central credits. He has a Variety LA uh, article that says he is the effortless crusher. How do I know Jamel? Um, more of just a comedy fan and uh, just a buddy. You know, you meet a guy, you, you kind of like his steez. I love his internet persona. Um, his stand-up's pretty good. Uh, so... In L.A., there are multiple scenes. I would be considered a club comic in the Hollywood scene. That's where I normally work comedy clubs. But then there's also the alt scene. That's called alternative comedy, alternative to comedy clubs. That's normally in the East Hollywood scene alone as a Silver Lake, Highland Park, Eagle Rock. This is where the idea of the hipster came to be birthed. Obviously, hipsters now are like 40, 50 years old. So not the same thing. It went from hipster to hype beast to whatever these little kids are now. But Jamel is a staple on this scene. So, uh, decided to be a great guest. You know, I'm trying to find guys from Washington, D.C. And uh, he was funny. And um, we had a lot of fun. Do I need to keep saying, um, I don't know. Is it a nervous tick? Doesn't matter. What does matter is, Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, been a couple weeks. Let's start off with the old birdcast thing that happened the little elephant in the room that is Bert Kreischer uh, if you don't know I recently was on Bert's Bertcast, Bert Kreischer's podcast this was a pretty big moment for me not only because obviously it is a top podcast in the world obviously not because he's one of my best friends obviously not because he's my boss but because um I was a fan of the Bertcast when it first came out I remember about 10 years ago you know when podcasts were still hitting hitting uh hitting the ground I was trying to listen to all of them, and I would listen to his. I would listen to, obviously, the original Joe Rogan's. I was big into Sklarbo country, and to be able to jump on there is a very um weird thing and very cool. So everyone who came over from that, you guys actually doubled our numbers, folks. We're in the thousands. That's right, guys. Thanks to you guys, this podcast just reached 1,000 an episode. Small, yes. Impressive, not at all. Cool. Eh, but feels good to me. If we can just keep going on that, you know, who knows? Once I hit that 10K, then Papa then Papa starts making a little bit of money. A little bit of money because Papa's so hungry. It's kind of seems like a little bit of a Bobby Lee bit there, so I'm going to jump away from that. But, uh, you know, it was really cool to do the podcast. We did it in the bus, did it with my boy Dave, old long-winded Dave, and uh, it was just a good time. So thanks for everybody coming over that. Hopefully we can keep you on here. This podcast is... um. It's half diary for me, half deep research crime podcast. 
Not so much the crime, we more focus on the criminal. Um, it's just a great time, you know, I'm very excited. My life seems to be going in a good way. Been doing these spots around town, very fun. And you know what, just when your life goes well, and I want to tell everyone this, get ready for the other shoe to drop. And my shoe is a uh, torn up knee. So if you've been following me on Instagram, you see I've been going around town on some crutches. Just a little, uh, little, uh, sad Timmy. Sad Timmy old Timmy from the <laughs> Walking around town trying to tell jokes in these crutches. Steve, what happened to your knee, Steve? Um, answer is easy. About 10, 12 years ago, I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus. And every once in a while, it'll just start acting up. Um... A day and a half ago, I uh, got a cortisone shot in my knee, which helped quite a bit. Because let me tell you, folks, well, we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's jump into where I uh, saw you guys last. Actually, I also want to say this. If you're one of my friends listening, someone pretty close to me, or you know, you've DM'd me and we have, we've kind of gone back and forth on Instagram, which I don't mind at all, um, I'm thinking of changing this channel into almost multiple podcasts of mine. Like maybe one of them is going to be this kind of diary thing I talk about. And the other one will be just straight um, crime episodes. Because I feel like some people only want one or the other. Or I'm just going to keep it the way it goes. I think this is more going to be more of a channel for me rather than a channel for this podcast. Is that the smart thing to do? I don't know. I don't think many of the decisions I've made in life would be considered to be smart but are they things that i've done maybe work out maybe we'll see uh, all right so last time i talked to you i went back on tour i uh, went with birth we started in san diego the san diego civic civic theater um so this is where i started fucking up my knee uh what happened was we do lift weights on the bus and there was a dumbbell one of those bowflex 55 pound dumbbells if you're not familiar with the bowflex one it's the one where you can change the dials on the side so you can go from almost a five pound weight to a 50 pound weight pretty cool i'm a huge fan they're like 350 though so i was gonna get one but it, it, and it's just not looking probable at the moment so i see it on the ground i try and just just push it out of the way because what happens on this bus is when we go into a place for a little while the bus will expand about 50 percent into the street that's when you're looking at a bus and there's a little side thing pops out a little nugget on the side so when it comes back in you have to clear the aisle so it's coming back in i push it with my foot and my knee pops pop 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 um Screaming pain, no, just uncomfortable. And from what I learned from the doctors, I had a couple days there where there wasn't really much of a problem. It was just um, slowly getting tighter around my knee, getting tighter and tighter. Until at one point later, I'll talk about, couldn't really move. So when we get into San Diego, we get there a little bit early. My knee's hurting, but the boys want to go surfing. So that's my thing about... This could be my downfall with Bert. Because if you know, Bertie loves to go on little activities. But this is my problem. I'm willing to do the activities. Like my knee, my knee can go 
front and back, straight and forward, straight and forward. So I can pretty much walk anything. I can go hiking. I just can't go side to side. So what happened when I pushed the weight, as I was pushing it with my side, that's when it popped. The last time this happened, I was swimming, and I did kind of like a frog kick rather than like a scissor kick you would do, and that kind of fucked up my knee. So when they go, hey, we're going to go swimming, or they go, hey, we're going to go snowboarding, to me, the most p- important thing in my life is stand-up comedy by far over any relationship I have, over over with ooh, what I'm going to eat next, over with the house I'm living in. And I've been able to live this life because I have pretty much, you know, I don't have any kids. I got a girlfriend who I love and stuff like that. I got some cats. But, but I, I, I've known since the beginning of my life, since I was a child, this is what I want to do. And this is it. So I have, from 22 years old, put that first. So when someone goes, hey, do you want to go snowboarding in Mount Shasta? What a beautiful mountain. Do you want to learn how to surf in San Diego's crystal beaches? Right? Who wouldn't want that? Uh, The problem is I don't want to do that, fuck up my knee, and then I can't do what I really want to do, which is stand-up comedy. I don't know. I really don't know what I like more than stand-up comedy. You know, it's people like, what about pussy? What about having thick? Like, if there was a thing where it's like, listen, there's an orgy in there with Kim Kardashian, young Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston before she butchered her face. Let's get a dude in there. Let's just go Tom Hardy, you know, because that's a lot of powerful women. I can't just be taking care of three other women. Let's get another big dog in there. And they go, Steve, you gotta go. You can go in this orgy, but gonna be a lot of oils, gonna be a lot of wrestling, so you might get hurt. Or I could go on a tour with all my best friends and do stand-up comedy. I'd rather do stand-up comedy. So my boys go out there. They're snowboarding. I sit back on the beach, roll up a little bleasy, little blunt. Um, Sit back, put in my new Bose QT noise-canceling headphones. Fuh-fuh-fire. Here's something I'm going to say about noise-canceling headphones that I think everyone needs to learn. Um, You know, noise-canceling, where is it good? On an airplane. You know where you don't want to be deaf? The streets of L.A. Terrifying. Terrifying. Imagine crutching around the streets of L.A. in total silence. You don't even know what's happening. You're like, is that a needle or a man's <laughs> trying to stab me? So the boys are surfing. I'm sitting on the beach. I mean, it's it's the kind where it's got like a little breeze, so it's a little chilly, but then the sun's right on you. I got sunglasses on, some Ray-Bans, turtle, turtle-shelled Ray-Bans, the gold etchings on the sign. I got my new shroomed hat. A lot of people have been asking me about this shroom stuff I keep wearing. S-H-R-O-O-O-M-E-D. Uh, this was given to me in Fresno or Bakersfield. And the gentleman has a podcast called Shroom. I don't know. He needs to get out of the podcast game and start getting into selling these hats. Because they are fucking awesome. So if you want those, I think his name is shroom.io or something on Instagram. You'll find him. Get his stuff. So I'm chilling there. Hats. Listening to a whole Dave Dave Matthews Ants marching in album, smoking a joint on the beach, watching my friends fall. I mean, 
What an epic day, right? After that, we go to a place called Oscar's Seafood in, I believe, Pacific Beach. Look it up. You go to you know, San Diego, go to this place. Incredible ceviche, incredible tacos. Bert orders 50 tacos. All right, 50 tacos, eight grown men, seven grown men. The ratio's there, right? We can all see a ratio being there. Until you get them, and they're larger tacos, and they're doubling it up on the tortilla. Now, we all know. We all know this about eating Mexican food and street tacos when they double up on the tortilla, okay? What you do, if you can, a lot of times they're steamed together. You pull one tortilla out, you eat it, and as the ass blows out of the tortilla, goes on to the second tortilla, you clean it up with that. Not a lot of people know that. So we're just pounding these tor- these torts, double doubled up on these torts. We're getting full, and now we have to walk home a couple miles with probably 25 tacos. We do. Um, we get back to the bus, and we see that it is parked at the um, San Diego Civic Center. Beautiful theater. I love San Diego so much. San Diego is so great because it's full of hot people who are dumb as fuck, chugging IPAs, doing CrossFits, and they're able to count toothpicks before they hit the ground. What more do you want in a city? And the great thing about San Diego women to me is they all seem to be employed. That's such a fun thing when you live in L.A. Everyone down there like, yeah, I work at this tech business, this ad firm. It's like, oh, you're a hot chick in a Patagonia lifting a... Large tire overhead, smashing a sculpin. I'm in. So when we get back to the Civic Auto, so the, uh, downtown San Diego is pretty ruthless. It's uh, somewhat of a wasteland. Still beautiful, but it, the amount of homeless people there. But they did this really cool thing where they started opening bathrooms for homeless people to go in. And there's like a little guy that stands there and makes sure there's no shenanigans. I mean, is anyone against that? Is anyone against more bathrooms in the street? Because I'll tell you what, folks. You ever been to New York? There's nowhere harder to shit in the world than New York City. And what's funny about New York City is like, yeah, we're going to serve you up a shawarma plate on the side of the road with as much red sauce as a human could possibly eat. Good luck getting home. This is actually a story. I was in New York. Maybe this is why it hits me so hard. I was in a New York going home real late at night, and I'm blacked out. Might have had a little bit. Of, you know, New York, if someone offers you cocaine in New York, you're going to do a little bit right. Um, and so I did it. We're going all night, having a fun time. You know, not a ton. Just a little bump here, bump there. I go, all right. Am I going to take the train home? No, not taking the train home. I go, let's take an Uber. Halfway through the Uber, this was the last time I did it, I pooped my pants in an Uber. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I had going on. And what do you do, okay? Do I say, hey, sir, can you let me out? I just pooped my pants. No, it's 4.30 in the goddamn morning. I'm going through Queens. So this is what I did. I, um, <laughs> I sat like, um, you know, like your kneeboard with your knees under. Because so I thought, okay, in case it seeps through my pants, I don't want it to get on this gentleman's, you know, seats. Because that would be rude. That's not who I am. Just because I poop my pants in someone's car doesn't mean that's there. I'm not foisting my diarrhea-laden trousers on anyone else. I go, this is a Steve Fury problem. 
So I go, okay, I'll sit on my knees in case it seeps through, seeps through to the back of my pants. Steve Fury problem, I'll deal with it. I get out of the car, say, thank you, no, 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 you can let me out here. Get out. Luckily, in uh, New York, plenty of places to uh, go to the bathroom on the street. That's no problem. But if you want a toilet, go fuck yourself. That's what New York says. So I finish off over there, do the old uh, underwear is toilet paper action. Go back to where I'm sleeping, take a shower, go to bed. Bad problem is, if you know me, I travel very light. Very light. I normally, if it's if I if if I'm doing a week trip, I normally bring one pair of pants and just reuse them. Change the top, change the underwear, change the sock. So I woke up in the morning, you know, a little bit, a little bit coming out of a little blackout slumber, and noticed, uh, why are my pants hanging outside the window? Boy, did I remember once I got him. So then I had to go around town to a laundromat and use them. That's a sad, sad story of a sad man. But, <laughs> and I don't know why I shared it. But, hey, man, you know what? If I learn anything about Burt Kreischer, it just got to be yourself. And I am a man who poops his pants maybe once every three years. You know, because you build up. When you haven't pooped your pants in a while, you think, I'll never do it again. It's not me. I'm past this. And then you start dancing on the line. You start getting cocky. Just ate seven chalupas. I'll squirt a little fart out. It's not going to be anything else. Wrong. Ruined your day. Oh, just ate a plate of shawarma at 3 a.m. in New York. Wrong. Ruined your night, friend. So, the bathrooms in San Diego, they started putting them around. Only problem is, the only spot for our bus, which has a face of a human being named Bird on it, parked right outside of homeless bathrooms. Now, can you imagine? There's a line of homeless people the whole time the bus is there. A line of ten homeless people next to a bus with a man's face on it. That says Netflix. That screams, I have copious amounts of money and also if you're a dirty downtrodden heroin addict homeless person you see steve fury coming out the bus you're gonna think he's burt kreischer then you're gonna ask me for things guess what buddy i'm closer to you pooping my pants on the streets than i am burt kreischer just because i slept with him i would honestly say our money is i'm closer to being homeless than i am burt kreischer for sure how were the shows in San Diego? San Diego, like I've said, is one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, if I didn't have to be in L.A., I would definitely live in San Diego. I love the comedy crowds, uh, some of my favorite in the world. And um, I just enjoy being there, to be honest with you, man. Then we go on to Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! We're doing the theater at the Virgin Hotel. We pull into the Virgin Hotel. Pretty cool, man. I would say it's, it was the old Hard Rock Hotel, about a mile and a half off the strip. But if you know me, I'm not a strip guy, okay? I'm not really a strip club guy. I'm not really a strip guy. Too much going on. Too much creepy stuff. I find there's nothing more depressing on the strip than the women who are naked trying to take pictures with you. It's like, Jesus Christ, that's sad. Virgin Hotel, we get in there. This place has been redone, um, and it is fancy. 
But the weird part is, since it's off the strip, there's no one there. It's like I had like a like a make a wish, and my wish was to be alone at a crab stable. <laughs> so that's what we did. Um, that was fun. And then the show that night. Uh, so we did it in this giant club, and I mean giant techno club. You can go on my Instagram and see the pictures. Seven thousand people beautiful but it's built for techno music okay so the ground normally is empty and that's where people dance and then there's like booths on the side that people are there but this they put chairs there and what's lining the room are bars like 25 30 bars every second of every why am i yawning so much of every bar on the walls is a bar okay sounds like a good idea in theory but if you have a comedy show, it's going to be loud as fuck because they're the people running that show don't know how to do it for comedy. They think everything is the same as some fucking DJ up there playing the songs he made 10 years ago. It's not, folks. I need people to listen to me. So when I get on stage, I would say the room is 20% sat. 20% sat means 20% of the people are in their seats. The rest are at the bars. Bars about 100 in line. Um and they're in the line. And as you know, when you go in a line anywhere, you sit there quietly and you don't say anything. Wrong. You talk because you're in a line. And you're waiting and you want to know what you're about to drink. And normally, you don't think a guy 150 yards away from you can hear you. Right? You don't think he can hear you. And I don't blame you for that. But I can hear you. And no one could hear me. There was a light buzz of conversation the whole time I was on stage. And now what do I do? Do I go up there and start yelling at them? Hey, shut up. Listen to me. Blah, blah, blah. No. No. One, they're not for me. Two, they're getting drinks in line. They're not necessarily doing anything wrong. The show is just not set up for a comedy show. Okay, Comedy show, you should have the bars not in the fucking venue. And if you do, you should have waitresses bringing you stuff. So I just went through my set, put on a smile, said all my jokes, got off, and borderline had a nervous breakdown. I mean, it was the least fun I've had do doing stand-up. Man, since um, during the middle of the pandemic, us little crackhead stand-up babies, like I said, this is all I care about, we would go to the comedy store and we would do comedy through a window to people on the street. Now, when I say it was the same feeling as that, is it was you saw a few people looking at you, but one, you weren't sure if they could hear you. Two, you couldn't hear the th them. Three, it just didn't seem like they were giving you a chance to succeed. Which is all I really ask at a comedy show. You know, give me a chance. I've made it this far. I'm probably pretty good. Just let me have a chance. And I just felt I didn't have a chance on that show. And I took it pretty hard. Did I go in the back and break everything in the green room? No. Did I throw a water bottle against the ground? No, but I really wanted to. 
But then I go upstairs and there's a bunch of big wigs at this show. And so, you know, I thought I was going to go on stage, crush in front of, I mean, these are big wigs. The head of AEG, which is a performing casino guy who owns everything. One of the biggest touring agents uh, was there. And I think they're going to watch me and enjoy my stuff and save it. But I get back out there. They didn't give a fuck about me. And that's one thing I learned that night is how little they gave a fuck about me. Dave. Dave loves to just try and be friends with everybody and kind of push the thing. Me, I'll go up. I'll say a couple bits. They just flat would not listen to anything I had to say. It was like I was a ghost, but then like. No one could hear me. Not like a ghost where I was like I was scaring people. Just like a ghost where I was walking around and I was just a fucking fly on the wall. And is that is that does it make sense? Yeah, I can't make the money. What is the biggest touring agent in the world going to do with me? Put me in all these clubs and theaters, and I sell zero tickets. No, I get it. But then I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm not going to try and be friends with these people. I think trying is even more pathetic. And. If he doesn't like me or if he doesn't me trying to make him laugh or trying to be friends, you don't sign people of being friends. These are the biggest agents in the world. They sign them off of them making money. So I get off stage, horrible set, go off. No one's talking to me with Vine. So then I go and take a walk. I meet a guy named Blazy Susan. He's got this uh, pink joint paper company that you guys should check out. Um, we hang out for a little while, smoke some weed. I start calming down. I'm a very uh, peak uh peak and kind of chill out kind of guy like i get super mad then i chill out so i smoked some weed i chilled out came back my knee starts getting worse i'm starting to limp now it's starting to get harder but we go home go to the bus then we head to albuquerque new mexico the kiva auditorium for performing arts i gotta say something folks if you thought two song arizona had too much glitz and glamour Welcome to Albuquerque. Hands down, maybe the ugliest city I've ever been in. That being said, the people there, fantastic. Had such a fun show. Uh, a lot of, you know, I don't know if I've said this before, but we, we shower at venues. Okay? So, we can't, you don't really shower on the bus because one, it's tiny. Two, there's not enough water. It'll just waste it all. So, you go to the venues. And some venues have very nice showers with some like this. This one. It's like, it was like an old high school gym kind of bathroom. And the water was so cold because no one uses the water in these things. And the water heater's like on the other side of a theater. So it takes forever to get up there. And by the time I get up there, it's freezing cold. And also the water pressures. So it literally just felt like someone put some water in their mouth and dribbled up on my head. And my knee starts going out this day. Like it's bad now. I'm limping. I'm in pain, but we wake up and we're going to go to breakfast, right? Ron, our bus driver, goes, let's go to Chicken and Waffles. Me, not a Chicken and Waffles fan. Why are we mixing food? What, where does it stop? Ham and donuts? Steak and a pancake? We need to decide what meal we're eating. Brunch has ruined us as a society. Oh, it's lunch and breakfast? No, bitch, it's lunch or breakfast. Stop putting fruit in my salads. Stop putting chicken with my waffles. So we get to this place, and it's only a chicken and waffle restaurant. So as a, the eating food when we go into these cities is a big thing for us because 
Also, it's like a lot of pressure. If you're the guy who suggests a restaurant, then you get to suggest the next one. So Ron suggested this like Creole Cajun style restaurant in San Francisco that was incredible. And then he goes, we got to go to this place. So at this point, my knee is hurting. I'm becoming a curmudgeon. I get to the place and I'm just like, what? I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat chicken and waffles. I don't want to eat it. Okay. And then Bert's like, why don't we go pick up my favorite hot sauce at this restaurant? So we go to this restaurant. It's a Mexican restaurant. We leave because the, the the, it's an hour wait to get these fucking chicken and waffles on Albuquerque. Why are, we, why are we eating chicken and waffles right now? So we go, okay, let's go get the hot sauce. By the time we come back, the food will be there. We go to the hot sauce place. We get these tacos. The tacos, white people taco night. I knew it wasn't a good sign where it's like the already pre-made hard shells. You know, fun, but yeah. So we get back. Food's still not there. We're all hungry. I pound two tacos. Then I eat chicken and waffles. If you thought chicken and waffles was a weird breakfast, add two tacos to it. Not a way to start your day, son. So we get to the show. I do my set. I'm barely standing, okay? Um, I get off. I'm limping. I'm having to go up these stairs. They're so high because I don't know how to use a service elevator. When we get down, my knee is swelling up. And they go, hey, Steve. Um, bad news is they told me the day before. They go, hey, we're not taking a private jet home. Like we planned from Albuquerque. We're actually leaving at 4 in the morning to take a JetBlue, which is not a good plane, not a good time. So I'm kind of in a bad mood. Listen, do I deserve a private jet home? No. No. I don't deserve anything I've gotten. But when someone says you're getting a private jet and they switch it to, hey, you're leaving at 4 a.m., did I complain? No, but I'm not good at hiding my face. My face says a lot, if you know me. So I'm kind of, you know, my legs getting bad. I'm, and they also go, I go, okay, I'll just upgrade to first class. He go, no first class. No first class for everybody. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. There ain't no first class from Albuquerque. There's a lot of rich people. I go, whatever. So I go down. I'm packing up. My knee is swelling the fuck up. I'm smoke a blunt. feel a little bit happier. But my knee is bad, man bad and the kind of pain i'm trying to tell i don't know it feels like there's a firecracker going off inside your knee over and over again and one of the worst things it can do is that it's called catching when a knee catches so when your leg goes straight or like if you do it <laughs> if you do a sig heil with your arm not don't do it but what i'm saying and you kind of snap your elbow that's catching so when your knee catches that f for me is um <coughs> A debilitating shock goes through my whole body, and I fall to the ground. So my knee starts catching. I'm freaking out. I go up there. I'm all packed. I'm sitting there, pretty stoned, just trying to chill out. And then they, Bert gets off stage, and he's, he had a great set. We had a great set. We're all having a good time. Bert's like, hey, flight's at 4. Why don't we rage till 4? I'm like, okay. If we're raging till 4, I'm down. Um, and the right when he goes, he's about to do a toast. He goes, okay. Let's all toast to taking a private jet home. And everyone starts laughing because apparently <laughs> I was the only one who didn't know. And they knew that if, uh, I mean, I don't want to be the guy knowing that I get a little butthurt if it's not private jet. But it's not that I get butthurt if it's not a private jet. I get sad when someone tells me something and doesn't keep up with it. And I think that's something that happens from my childhood. or something. It's just if you say you're going to do it, do it. 
am I a bad guy for that? You know what I mean? Like, if you say you're going to do something, do it. But, I'm going to take a PJ home. I get home. I wake up screaming. Screaming in pain. Screaming in pain. I mean, bad. Every day I woke up after this, it was bad. I'm, I wake up. My girlfriend's got to work. You know, she comes home. She takes care of me for a second. Then she's got to go to bed. I wake up. I'm screaming in pain. I go to the ER. Go to the ER. It takes four hours. I get in there. Thing is, is I've had this done last time. I had an e. I had an X-ray. I had the MRI, and I even had the thing they do on babies' stomachs. Um, and they rub it in there. And the 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 doctor said nothing's wrong. Obviously, my knee is so swollen. It looks like a fucking lumpy. Like when you sit on a basketball, like it's that lump. This is when you sit on a sit on a volleyball. It's huge and debilitates. So I go in there. I have no faith in this medical system as Kaiser. I go in there. They give me seven five milligram oxy or uh, hydrocodone pills. So Norco's. They send me off with crutches. These hydros are the only thing that saves my life. You can ask my girlfriend. You know, opiates are bad for you and. I think some people are just more predisposed to being addicted to things, and that's why it's bad for them. But for me, I'm not. So when they give me these, they help me so much. I was able to live my life. I mean, still, my leg doesn't work. Flat out doesn't work, and I was on my back. But I'm not screaming and writhing in pain. But the problem is, they only gave me six, and this thing was in unbearable pain. So I had to go try and find more. But then you try and finding off the street. And guess what? The ones off the street you don't want because those might have fentanyl in them, as we've learned from the fentanyl episode. So luckily, I had a buddy of mine who broke his neck a year ago, and he didn't want to take them, so I was able to get 10 from him, and then I was able to stay okay for the next couple days. But my knee is killing me, but I'm still doing comedy, still getting up. And the, But the Percocet really helped me get around. And then uh, two days ago or yesterday, I went in early and got a uh, cortisone shot in my knee, which always helps, and today I'm feeling better. So... Um, that was nice. I'm going to be honest. I came out of this thing decent. I'm just looking forward to keep this going. So up next, we are going to go into some of my rants for the week. Uh, we're going to mention some uh, stuff you should check out. And then we're going to get in this week's episode of Wayne Silk Perry, one of the most badass hitmen to ever live. And this episode's with Jamel Johnson. Thank you guys very much. Keep listening. Up next is the rants. Bye. What's up? We're back. I guess we're back. Probably not for you, but for me, I am very back. I had a hell of a day already. I uh, went out. Uh, am I going to go over my day? No one gives a shit. But let's just say had a meeting, went well. I'm about six beers deep. <laughs> I mean, not that bad. I even already took a nap, bro. So, like, I'm coming back to life right now. Let's bust this out. We're going to do a couple of rants, just some little funny stuff that I can clip out. Well, see, why don't you just do a different podcast than this? Because, listen, I can't do four 12-page papers a month. My researchers that help me can't do it. My producer can't help me to do it. And I can't do that. 24 pages a month, you people want me? No, I would be doing 48. Dude, I could write a movie. I'm doing this for a 1,000 people. Um. So yeah, I got to I gotta split it in half. So I then put these in the front of it so it gets a little bit of a thing. Plus, if you want to sk- skip it, all the time I put in the description of the uh, show what uh, time the episode starts. But let's just go. Oh, I did go to, out to lunch today. So I'm on crutches, right? I've been crutching around for a little while. 
And I finally got to be on the other side of the, I go to the handicap room and something, someone was in there. And it was just like so nice when they came out. I'm like, you piece of shit. You piece of shit. Hell, dare you do this to me? And it was seeing the fear in someone's eyes. You know, I don't give a shit. But just for the joke, seeing the fear and the disgrace. There's just nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than getting out of a stall and you just see a dude in a wheelchair. I had a dude pull up on me in a wheelchair because I was in the wheelchair stall at a grocery store in Sacramento. And I was pooping outdoors, dog. What's good? <laughs> Keeping it loose. And I pull up and the guy starts banging. He's like, you better be handicapped. <laughs> so for the only time I've ever truly wished to be handicapped. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I don't. Wait, you know, if I had to choose, I would choose just to be me. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Let's go on some rants real quick. What do I got to say? Oh, just had a... Just thinking about some stuff. I got really stoned and I went to a wing place today. You know, where they like it's a wing stop here from. They're probably everywhere. I got really stoned and went to a wing stop. You ever get so high you think about kind of like what sauce you would be? Like a salt, like a dipping sauce? Yeah, I probably got too high. Came up with pesto. I think I would be a pesto. Right? You know, he's kind of chill. Not too loud. No one's favorite. Um,. But no one gets mad. A lot most of the time they're like, hey, pesto was really nice added to this hummus. You know, he adds in well. But also a little pungent. A little off-putting sometimes. Um I'm just happy I don't find myself to be a buffalo. It's awesome. <laughs> a buffalo sauce is like this is my is definitely at the party for sure. Not their house, didn't bring anything, but is smashing Fireball, listening to music. But there's music playing, but they're also playing it off their phone, a different music. That's Buffalo Sauce. Wasted at the party. Me, Pesto. I'm on the couch, okay? I'm definitely not dancing in a party. But let's say, you know, I get drunk enough. It's 2 a.m., Buffalo sauce comes over. I go, okay, let's a little party. Then you got a little buffalo pesto sauce, and you got to be honest. Kind of sounds pretty good. I have no idea what I'm <laughs> talking about. Uh, but I don't know. I think it makes sense. Sorry. Uh, oh, man. You guys been to the halftime. You, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bummed out. I don't know if you guys know this about the halftime show this year. Is It is going to be <sighs> everyone I love. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. I mean, what more could you ask for, world? Right? I mean, but then you go, wait. No, that means I'm old. Because remember when you were a kid and you're watching like Aerosmith play and you're like, <laughs> who is this for? What is happening? And there's like a bunch of like twelve year olds in the audience, all in like a same purple shirt, just waving a weird light, a light, and they're just like dancing to Aerosmith. You're like, this music is trash. These people are old. That's me now. I'm trash and I'm old. Fuck. But it does look good. 
Oh, all of what else do I love? Oh God, can I give a shout? This give me a very food based little thing I'm gonna be talking about. I, this is this is my philosophy. I'm gonna tell this. If you got any children listening to them, don't know why you're letting them listen to me as an artist or um, this show. Honestly, two negatives right there. But two negatives might make a right. So welcome, children. All this is what I have to say to you. Okay, let's say you're at the lunch. Everyone, remember when you're a kid and you were in the lunchroom. And there was a couple other kids that always had better snacks than you. You know what I mean? You just had, they had like the like two real brand of chips, you know? They had that pack that had like the Doritos, the Cheetos, the Chili Fritos packs, you know, it was mixing. They had like a Lunchable. And they always had candy. Okay. This is my thing. Uh, when I was a kid, I would choose the worst one that they didn't like. So when I asked for... Like, you know, if they had Starburst, I'd be like, yo, let me, hey, can I have the lemon? What? Can I have the lemon? No one. No one's like, no, you can't have. <laughs> They're like, I was going to throw this in the garbage. Of course you can. Bam. I got, is it, am I happy with the lemon? Am I happy? Um. At least I got something, right? That's why I'd always go, give me, give, can I have your chili and cheese fritos i think of all chips chili and cheese fritos are so you know they're attacked for who they are people shun them they are they are like joe rogan you know people hate them right now they're trying to find things wrong with them but guess what they're great Everyone loves him, but we're ashamed to love him. Joe Rogan is chili cheese Fritos. You guys are welcome for this kind of stuff that I'm making up here, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. That might be it. What did I add? An extra seven? Is this even worth sending? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had all these bits there. I'm like, oh, we're going to come. We're going to get them. Isn't someone using hashtags embarrassing? Isn't it? Do they... What is... It's so fucking lame. Like someone's like, you know, like... Having a grapefruit today, hashtag grapefruit. Like, what are you... Are you putting... You're... <laughs> you're waiting for people to search grapefruit and so they can follow you? Like, oh, another grapefruit enthusiast. Thank God I, f I, I tapped on the hashtag grapefruit thread so I could follow them. What kind of content I would be missing? Can we stop putting shrimp tails on shrimp? I don't know if I've done this. Listen, if I do these again, hopefully I'd do it better. Shit. We got to stop having tails on shrimp, people. What are we doing? It is the oddest thing. In food to me, you know, because it's like no one, no one's pro tail. There's no one saying, hey, I'll take the tail piece of the sushi. You know, what I mean, tail piece of the sushi is lemon starburst. Wow. Wow. 
it's Tale of Sushi, Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god damn. Is Joe Rogan Shrimp Tails on the sushi? God damn. I don't know if this is gonna make sense, but I feel like the math made sense. But okay, you know what I'm saying? Like you get it, you get it. You get it in your linguini. And you're like, fuck yeah. Now I gotta put my hands into my linguini? Or like, no, no, you just what am I biting off a tail? Say those words if I'm wrong. Say those words if I'm wrong right now to my face. You are supposed to. I can't do it anymore, folks. Stop. Hashtag. Stop. <laughs> oh, oh, hashtag. Stop putting tails on shrimp. Oh, my God. If you listen to this and you post hashtag. You at me and post that. I will repost it. God damn. Hashtag stop putting tails on shrimp. Because it's, yeah, I'm supposed to bite it off. Now I got shrimp in my mouth. Now I, okay, then I take it off. Then I, then I get it off. Okay, I've secured it. One, there's about a nugget in there. Okay, well, I got to be, I can't be the first one to see the nugget in the tail. I can't be the first one. Can't. Be the first one to see the nugget in the tail. I had to write that down. This might come to a bit. I mean, what is a shrimp? You get it at a restaurant? Three bucks a piece? And you're telling me the nugget in the tail ain't at least 75 cents? Look me in my goddamn eyes and say that again. Say it to me. The nugget in the tail isn't at least 75 cents. I got five shrimp. Bitch, this is a highway robbery. Is someone in the back repicking these up? I won't even get to it. I won't get into what they're doing with the nuggets in the tail, but I do got this one for you. Okay, got the nuggets in the tail. I'm, am I sucking the nugget out? Get the fuck out of here. I'm not sucking a nugget out. <laughs> And then you fucking. Okay, let's say I suck the nugget out. Okay, I'm good. Not my first shrimp sucking tail in Denver. In Denver. In Denver. Endeavor in Denver. I get him out. What am I doing with the tails? Right? What, I got a little pile of tails? I'm eating dinner with a woman I love. And I am going to have, you're going to have me sucking a nugget out of a tail and having a little pile of shrimp tails. While I look the woman I love in the eyes, go fuck yourself. Simply said, simply done. You do it. You do it. Why are you giving me a tail is a half? A, if you went by weight, a tail is half the shell. So I'm doing half the work. Is no one as passionate about this as me?
These things need to change. <laughs> God damn it. But I've sucked a few nuggets before. Um, wow. That is some good time we just had. You know what? I'm going to leave it on that one. I don't know if anyone stayed for this. But uh, know that I love you guys. This, this episode was uh, produced by my man, Dr. Joe Hoswell. Dr. Joe Hoswell. At Joe Hoswell or something shit on the internet. You can find him. He fo- I follow him. Um, thank you, Comedy Store Studios. Thank you, for Jamel Johnson. Thank you, my guy, Bruce Gray, who helps me with the videos. If you're looking for any video help, make sure you hit up Bruce Great. And if you want to look up more podcasts, look up on the Comedy Store podcast. There's some good guys there. But uh, also, just stick with me. Who cares about anybody else, really, right? It's just you guys and me. Me, you guys, sucking nuggets at a restaurant. Listening to Joe Rogan. All right, see you guys. This is Wayne Silk Perry with Jamila Johnson. Coming up next... Mel Johnson, thanks for coming in, buddy. Bro, thanks for having me, man. I am fucking stoked to have you. You're one of my favorite. I like you. I like your presence on the internet. Yo, people always say that to me. Like, yeah. Mad dudes was like, yo, you're pretty good online. I'm like, I don't. I just don't talk a lot. Yeah, I think you're, that's it, the thing. You're, you're, I feel like you're able to be somewhat charming through pictures. I try at least. I try to save it. I save all my bullets. Yeah. Until they absolutely need to get let off. Yeah, I love and I it. I think people appreciate that. And I thank you, bro. No problem, man. I also enjoy your stand-up, so thanks for coming here. You're from D.C. Yeah, and if we're getting technical, Virginia, all right? Virginia, okay. As you can see, we it, it's oh. all the same. Everybody from the D.C. area just says D.C. to save time. Okay. Because nobody wants to hear Woodbridge. What's Woodbridge? Or what is that? Yeah, yeah what is that? There's, I know Woodbridge, New Jersey. Then you got to talk about that for a while. But yeah, I'm from the Burbs. Like, you know, 40 minutes from the city. Well, Ten minutes from the city, and then we all moved like forty minutes south. Once they kicked all the black people out of Arlington, yeah. we all kind of flew a little further south. So I just saw something. I've always I've always been really into drugs. I used to sell drugs for a very long time and stuff. And I, I read one of the only. I don't know if you know this. Y'all smoke sherm out there. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a big thing. That's we, so fucking weird. It's and it's not good. If you look at it, all of the side effects are yeah. bad. Like there's no positive yeah. results from And then people uh, go crazy. Like yeah, when you yeah. see someone going crazy on the side of the street, they're either methed out psychosis or probably PCP. PCP is sure, sure yeah. if you don't know. For those of you for the novice folks. Yeah. Which blew my mind. I don't know what documentary. I've just seen every one and they were like, did it on PCP and I was like, Oh, this must be some shit from the eighties in like LA and they're like, No. No, Bimbas are still yeah. getting wet. Loose cigarettes. They're like, still smoking, smoking dippers, buddy. Yeah, dippers, yeah. Shout out to uh, what band? Has, I think that's Backyard Band. It's a, it's a go-go classic, the dipper. Oh, yeah, the, that's a Just very, about, yeah. yeah. We have a PCP anthem. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah. There's like AO for Yayo in the Bay about cocaine and yeah. Andre Nicotina. In the, that, yeah, you're, it feels like you guys are so small, but you have such a big culture, if that. You know what I mean? Because I'm guessing, like, go-going yeah. is such a weird thing. I'm not weird, just thing I've never really... That was, like, the beginning of house music, right? Well, sort of. I mean, because it was, like... It was kind of, like, at the same time. Like, go-go's a little funkier. It's more like a jam-bam vibe. Like, they got, got congos and stuff. But it is kind of like this, like, black alternative music 
yeah. route. It's one of the lanes. It was really big uh, in hip hop in the '80s. Like Heavy D was using that sound, Salt and Pepper. Like it almost took over New York in mm. the '80s. Yeah, like Kid and Play had a song. Everybody was using that '80s. I love when there's sound. like a, like when a random, not random city, but you know, in, anything to me that's not LA or New York is a random city. I'm from Sacramento. So. I know. I, that you does know count mean? as random. Yeah. I understand. Or even Atlanta music wise, but then like you see right now, there's like a. I feel like Memphis is just taking over rap music right now. Oh, sure. And it's just wild. Like, damn, it's such an interesting random place. Okay, so we're just going to jump into this. Uh, for the listeners, I did tear, uh, did fuck up my knee, so I'm going to be a little spacey because I am off a of perky right now. Just because, uh, yeah, we're take, taking it straight to space. Apollo 69 over here. Amen. Um, so we're going to talk about Wayne Silk Perry. November 14th, 1969, Wayne Silk Perry is born. He's still alive and he's in prison right now. Um, how was it growing up in D.C. First, how is it now? Is it like, I know you're a little bit outside, but I'm guessing you went into it. For sure. Is it, because I, I know the big thing about there is like the uh, the discrepancy between people's incomes. Or there's like the elite elite and then a bunch of poor people. Oh, for sure. There's kind of like, um, in D.C. specifically, they've just fully cut out the middle class. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like they just figured out how to just slice that Jenga piece. When I was growing up, like, I was growing up in the 90s, so D.C. was, like, the legit murder capital. Like, mm-hmm. early, early 90s, we was not going to the city. Yeah. But we would still go to, like, the hood to play lotto numbers. So we would go to, like, Maryland before we went to actual D.C., D.C. But Maryland was still getting, it was still pretty spicy. Yeah. Spicy as fuck now. Yeah, yeah. You could see it kind of walking around when you was little. Uh, I remember uh, getting a little older, getting to go to the PG Plaza and seeing a guy uh, throw a bench. That's BCP right there. Yeah, there was just a, a full-on brawl in the mall. I'm, like, looking at light blue sweaters. And just do the, so it, it, you, it was pretty turned up. Now it's weird, like, because as a, like, I didn't really start kicking it in, D, in D.C. until yeah. I started doing comedy. Did you and start in D.C.? I started in V.A., but, you know, like, I was in D.C. probably, like, six Very months after I started. Uh-huh. And, like, yeah, it's, like, gentrified as hell. It's yeah. weird for me to be coming in with the white people. Very strange. Okay. It's even changed since I started. Like twenty twelve DC is looks way different than Yeah, I mean now. when I when you go home, you know, it's just like when you see like your nephew or niece or cousin and you haven't seen him in a year and you come back, you're like this motherfucker's huge now. It's yeah. way different. But if you're with them every day, you don't really see it. Like going back to Sacramento now, where I'm from, it's just like I'm like, Oh, this isn't anything. Plus I'm not like I used to be able to go out and people be like, Hey, it's Steve, Steve, I used to be cut and dying. Now I don't even know what's cool cool anymore. Like I know uh, your pain, brother. Yeah. We're going to go into Wayne Silk Perry's early life. From 1974 to 1976, Wayne Silk Perry began his foray into the criminal underworld in 1974 at the age of 12. According to him, 1974 is the first year he murdered somebody. He's 12 years old. Within two years, he was running street games with crooked dice and marked cards. Damn, murdering someone at 12 years old, my man, is a goddamn prodigy. Yeah, that's um, real live goon shit. And I mean, that that happens. Yeah. Somebody realizes someday, you know, they're not going to lock up kids. And then there you go. Yeah, and I mean, and there's like a kid who has no one to take care of him. If you start taking care of him, you're going to be able to tell him whatever you want him to do and whatever weird shit you want him to do. Next thing you know, now this guy's got the three-card money game going. <laughs> Damn. He's out front of the Supreme Store doing those little card things back in front. You ever seen those guys around those things? Yo, they do that in front of the Supreme Store? That's awesome. Yeah. Good they, for them, man. That's a good location. Dude, they were funky as fuck. Last time I went, there was a kid with a uh, 
he had a, a Stewie Griffin tattooed on his face. Yep. It was kind of cool because they're like a very great diverse group of friends, but it was definitely all like, I'm not fucking with any of these yeah, dudes. Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> and every time I'm over on Melrose, I'm like, yo, they might jump me for just my shoelaces. Dude, it's Leave my shoes and just take the shoelaces from me. Being in a different world that I used to be, I look at people on that street and I'm like, there's so many fucking marks here. Just like, you know, just yeah. some dude from an some rich tourist walking around with a bag from that says Supreme on the side. I'm like, if yeah. I ran up and just bapped this fool in the head, I could take a shit in two seconds. Yeah, and he's just like staring at like a smoothie <laughs> sign. It's like, oh, do I want a, do I want banana? <laughs> Should I go to John and Vinny's? I hear boop. Yeah, my ass finished. Peace, dog. I'm gonna go get me a fucking <laughs> uh, corned beef. All right, what's one thing you were doing uh, when you were 12 years old that someone could consider you a prodigy for? For instance, I thought I was gonna be a future NBA J- uh, GM. I would run multiple seasons of 2K and NBA Live constantly, and I think, uh, you know, I could have could have been a little. I mean, everyone did that, but yeah, I just sure. don't exist. No, I understand. Uh, I, man, I was actually good at football when I was 12. Really? Like I was smashing kids in Pop Warner. Yeah. It was amazing. I was playing everywhere, middle linebacker. I had my shit going. That is fun. That How- was what I did the best. How's the sports scene in D.C.? Is it fun? Good. Oh, it's fun. There's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of folks come from there, a lot of good leagues. I was in a league that was like, um, it was like town to town. The Fairfax County League was. Is this for, oh, no, this is the uh, um, was Peewees. Football. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Peewees. And it was, but it was like, it'd be by towns. So that was kind of like oh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I had that we too. We had like rivals. We hated Chantilly. <laughs> yeah, I remember I've always felt like in f- when I played Pee Wee, the richest one was the best, and the poorest one was the best. For sure. And then everyone else else was just like, I don't know how I compete with how much money they have or how these guys, this is the only thing that they're going to have. It was like Rocky IV, <laughs> but with little kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no bullshit. So the old hustlers liked Silk, so they brought him to all the hottest gambling spots, which gave him a sense of criminal underworld in the D.C., he earned the nickname Silk because of how good he was at sports and how smooth he was with picking up any girl he was interested in. Oh, my God. And if you're if you're nice in a pickup game in the city, yeah. you're good to go anywhere. You can go anywhere. Everyone loves you. Is, is that a big thing there? You, do people kind of watch people doing that? Oh, for sure, for sure. Pick a, I mean, you know, there's some big courts, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the city. Um, uh, the, the I'm sure he's probably running shit at the Goodman League. That's like the big summer league in the city. But, like, every town had a big summer league. Like, yeah. in Arlington, there was a summer league where everybody was at the park, standing around. It was nuts. Just well, for dudes who, like, worked at the car dealership. Yeah. I mean, especially, like, the guy. I mean, you see so much where, like, it just didn't work out for someone, but it could have or he did something bad. And then this is his time to shine. What What would you say your what, – what, what position would you say? How, what's your game of basketball? Oh, in basketball, oh, I'm definitely something P.J. Tucker-ish. Oh, pretty, okay. pretty good on defense. I I'll give you I'll give you one for four yeah. from the corner. You did one corner three. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. hit you one. I had a very like a Spencer's Hawes at my uh, top of my level. Like I have a lot. Oh, okay. I, strong post moves. Yeah, strong ball post. up high. Yeah, ball up high, and I could elbow. Yeah, elbow, and then I could I could really hit the turnaround uh, off the backboard. Ooh. Almost like that was like if but if someone's like five eleven or shorter, I could do it. But if someone's just bigger than me, it just kind of. Uh, or played me more than once. Yeah. Because then they knew that's all I had. <laughs> Yo, one time in my adult life, I was cooking this guy at a court mm-hmm. in D.C. And it was like, 
him and his homies, clearly they've been running shit there all summer. I'd been hanging out there for like a few weeks, and it was like the first game of the day. And I'm just, I'm out of my mind. I'm unconscious. I'm hitting game. everything. These two dudes are yelling at each other. It's like, you going to let this fight nigga fucking kill you? What the fuck is you doing? And I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing it either. I'm just, it just, and then after that, I left. I was like, I'm not playing the next game. You're a legend, though, with that. Yeah, I was, they, they'll remember the day the fat guy came <laughs> and went six for eight from the field. We used to have this one guy. This this fat kid. I've gotten uh, my last fight I ever got was at a basketball court that I've ever gotten. Sounds very likely. Guy just kept calling me a bitch over and over again. I said it on the last podcast. Sometimes it gets a little. It's yeah. like I don't. You come for free and you get a hundred thousand dollars worth of grief. Yeah. At the basketball court. <laughs> yeah, you sure. don't really get anything. You could get hurt. Yeah. Or that. Oh, it's just this private school kid, and I fucking just have this. There's like, no scouts coming. <laughs> you know, the one kid hopes it though. They, you they can always see him. He's got are the like bands. Nah. Somebody from the G League is going to, his car is going to break down at the park. He's going to have to watch me. He's going to have to watch me kill this fool. A G League scout's car would break down, too. That's what, it's, no it's not improbable. No. Okay, so have you ever heard of Silk Perry or any other famous DC criminals? So what? the only dude we really talked about was Rayful Edmonds, who I think Silk names as a snitch. And like he just you know some sort of shit he like wrote Alpo? from prison yeah, yeah yeah like in that same vein yeah he was like fuck Rayful Edmonds we used to talk about this guy Rayful Edmonds all the time uh, and I didn't really hear about I'm, I'm writing that down so I'm yeah. not ignoring him Rayful Edmonds he's a guy and okay. um, what do he do sell cocaine yeah yeah you know big 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 time trafficking you know state to state I think he was just getting it up and down the East Coast and um, I didn't hear about Wayne Perry until the Jay Z line. Oh yeah, Jay Z mentioned him on um, one of them joints. I think it was four forty four. He's like, "This my Wayne Perry flow." That's pretty good. Don't yeah, even know Wayne Perry though. He's pretty uh, he's pretty fucking cool. He kind of uh, he's just like a. I feel like if like Fifty Cent would have gone the way that he was going on, because I like know people that like mm. were in Queens and stuff around Fifty Cent. They're like he was just like an incredible bully. Like, even just from as a kid. And I think that's kind of just what Wayne it, Perry This did. could have been a version of yeah, that. Yeah, like, for sure. if he just didn't start rapping. So what was that guy's name? Raymond? Rayful. R-A-F-U-L. Rayful Edmonds. Cool, I'm going to do one dude. on him. Wow, what was that? Rayful Austin? Oh, Rayfer Austin. Rayfer Austin. Rayfer Austin. Rayful. Not to be confused with <laughs> Rayful Edmonds. Both in the streets, though. Yeah, they They definitely both were in their bag in the streets. They have definitely seen each other in New York <laughs> at the court, at like Dykeman or something. Wasn't fucking and one just the most fun back in the day? Were you? I'm dude. guessing you were an and one. Oh, I mean, of course, yeah. dude. But, but from Escalade. when they had the fucking, uh, yeah. I mean, dude, that's my patron saint. And then like the tapes from when they used to go to Foot Action. Yep. And buy the shoe cleaner mm -hmm. just so you could get the free and one tape. Yep, those are so good. And one volume three is the best video of all time, <laughs> dude. I still follow the professor, and he's still just roasting yeah. people in Venice. Wasn't he early when he like was early getting back on the internet? Wasn't he wearing a Spider Man suit? Yeah, he kind of still does that. He hasn't given that up, <laughs> which is pretty lame. But but it is funny. yes, it is funny. I mean, it's the only way because I'm guessing guys hooping in yeah. Venice know the professor for sure. As soon as you see him, you're yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, who's this fucking I'm not white with dude this with guy. the Caesar? Yeah, I'm not fucking <laughs> with this guy. Late 1970s, oh, late, yep. <clears throat> late 1970s, as Silk matures into a teenager and enters the back half of high school, he begins to regularly rob banks and drug dealers. I mean, straight off the block, this guy was a badass. Yeah. During one of these robberies, his little brother is shot dead by the police. Over the years, the name Silk took on a new meaning because it was hard to track him and his gambling operations. Silky he smart. would often show up at, at places on a whim. 
Okay, just like you know what, I was having lunch. Yep. And then I was like, he pulls no. up. He just yeah, pulls let me up. Just pull up on this guy. That's all he does. Okay, Silk, fantastic nickname. The Professor, Hot Sauce, Escalade, fantastic nicknames. Yeah. What has been one of your nicknames over the years? Well, you know, one of my first nicknames was Pills. Oh, that's pretty good. So okay, it was Pillsbury. Oh, that's for a few good. weeks. But then I, <laughs> I lobbied. Mm-hmm. Instead of me freaking out, I took a couple weeks to lobby everybody and was like, "Let's get this, let's get this cut down." Yeah, I like that. And I was pills for a half a school year. It was amazing. I'm guessing that were you cool in high school? Because a lot of times you can't like. I was mildly cool. Yeah, you can't negotiate. You got to have some clout backed up to start negotiating nicknames. Yeah, exactly. I had a I had a nice little cachet because of football. Yeah, in elementary school, so everybody yeah. was like, "All right, Jamel doesn't suck. Yeah, he just happens to be fat." Because if like a dumb kid goes, "Hey, can you not call me this?" Or not dumb kid, but like a lame kid. Yeah, yeah. All like, you're going to do is call him that. Yeah, he's going to double nonsense. down. <laughs> and it took me some time. Like I said, a couple of weeks, I had to go to a panel. I had to get it sent to a review board. <laughs> but they were calling me Pills. And it was really cool. Pills is pretty fucking cool. And this was before Pills was even hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is like 98, yeah. 99. Mm, it's great. Mine I've already said on here. The reason I got Scuba Steve Fury is because when I used to sell drugs for these guys, they would just call me Scuba. Makes sense. She was going underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Got I had it like water dripping. 1979. Silk has his first encounter with lockup after being blamed for shooting the hall monitor at his high school. I sure. mean, yeah. get it. <laughs> get it, dude. Imagine that. If anybody so needs got... to get popped, <laughs> yeah, it's the hall monitor. It's like, do you got a pass? Pow! Yeah, here go my pass. Kill. G pass. <laughs> It says nine million on the front, bitch. Get back to class. God damn. After this, he transfers to a new school. Isn't that great? The eighties. You oh, just yeah. shoot someone yeah. and you go to a new school. Yeah, it looks like I'm going to uh, I'm going to Woodrow Wilson now. Yes. <laughs> what happened to Silk? Oh, but the better question is what happened to Tim Thomas, the yeah. guy who got shot. Yeah, I transferred high schools to uh, join an IT program. Yeah, are you good at computers? Not at all. Oh. I left very quickly, but I did do it. I went to a different high school because I got caught. Uh, with uh, something on me okay. at one of these things, and then they were going to kick me off the football team the next year. So I was like, well, fuck it. Let I'll me just go just, to a different school yeah. and go to that football team. Caught you with a little bit of that work, a little trabajando. Yeah. yeah, I was like, got it. Silk was a high school baseball star, and during this time, his robbery weapon of choice was a baseball bat. That's nuts. Silk never finished high school, though, because after a disagreement with his baseball coach, he beat him relentlessly with the baseball bat and was finally expelled from D.C. public schools. As he left his high school days, Silk fully embraced the life of a gangster. Sounds about right to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yo, baseballs the way like you just, they have weapons. Yeah, that is a bad one to give a little psycho. I mean, <laughs> I'm guessing like a continuation school shouldn't have a baseball team. Yeah, only water sports. It's like what's worse, metal or wood in this situation? They were were they using metal in '79? Yeah, probably. Oh, that's a good question. I don't My know. lord. Uh, we already said about high, we already talked about the sports. Were you any good? Okay. Oh, here's yeah, a question. Yeah. Were there any coaches you would have wanted to hit with a baseball bat, and why? I'll go first, please. My uh, in I I was so I played football and baseball. I was pretty good on football. I, I think I led the league in tackles and division the highest division in California. Uh, as for uh, just defensive lineman though, because I kind of had this floating defensive lineman thing where I could kind of go on both sides. No, that's nice. But then in baseball, I ha- I started it uh, sophomore year. Never played before, so I was abjectly terrible. And the football coach that didn't like me, the assistant coach, was the head coach of that one. And so one day he goes, "Okay, we're gonna learn how to take balls." 
like where you take a take a pitch. And he goes, Steve Fury's up first, and then he's proceeded for the next oh, twenty five minutes to throw baseballs just at me. Just ding you. Just ding me. Just ding me in front of everybody too. And no. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't go away because I'm not gonna pussy out. So he's just like flap, flap, flap. That's nice. Coach Hernandez. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, nah, he de- he deserves a nice little baseball bat. Straight to the back the of the Louisville. Head. Yeah, Louisville's nah, that's crazy. You know what? None of, none of my coaches really hated on me that bad. I had a, I had a uh, Mr. Van Gelder, the band teacher, the new band teacher. So the first half of high school, we had this band teacher. He was sick. He loved Family Guy. <laughs> loved that dude. In, yeah. And then you got this new dude. He was just corny as fuck, dude. He, everything he wanted to do was corny mm-hmm. as hell. I hit him. I hit him with the um, the Dr- small end, just like in the gut. I don't want to really. Well, then no. What kind of instrument would you hit him with then? Ooh, um, flute. Barry sax, baritone sax. That's the that's the straight the long one, right? One. That's like the no, that's like the long one. The straight one, that's oh. the Kenny G. Yeah, this is like the big. You see that Kenny G doc? No, he got a doc now. Yeah, it's on uh, HBO. Oh, is he crazy? Was he like smacking people? And no, stuff? he was like the weirdest, nicest little dude. And that he's just like checks the, out. Yeah, he's just like super cool. With everyone hated on him. Yeah, he just kind of like yeah. autistically loves just playing the flute. Fuck yeah, man! I know it's kind of fun. It's always a bummer. When, that's one thing about L.A., man, is when you learn that, like, some of your favorite people fucking suck because you know people that worked on the show or shit like that. You're like, yeah. God damn. It is unfortunate. I've lost some greats. I've lost some 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 heroes along the way. Dude, you ever have you ever done tables in L.A.? What do you mean? Uh, like a uh, waiter? Oh, no, no, no. Not in L.A. I, was a, I did a little. I used to uh, do bar backs in D.C. Well, uh, my friend was working at uh, the Griddle Cafe, which is, like, a real pop-in uh, breakfast joint. She said, uh, oh, I got another one for you, two of them. Okay. Um, she said Tyler, the creator, didn't tip. And then I was a valet here. Damn. And this one hurt the most. I was a valet, and uh, Frank Ocean's car was straight in the back. And this is a small parking lot, so I had to move like 10 cars. Yeah, yeah. Got his Tesla out for him. Didn't tip me. Come on, son. Just like a little. Five bucks. Yeah, just Three a five. Bucks. Why wouldn't you do I I thoroughly enjoy tipping people. And then sometimes, if I don't have cash... I'll say I'll be like, hey, look, you want some weed or something? Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? I used to tip guys in weed all the time in D.C. I'd be like, look, dude. I, it's hard know. to get drugs out there. I've That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. look, you can either take this eighth yeah. or not get yeah. tipped at all. I don't know what to tell you. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm trying to help my community. I'm trying to uplift. You got to do some Build. Shit. Such a great way to do it. Gangster and killer. 1980, Silk was quoted on his growing reputation saying, they knew I'd shoot anybody. Police, killers. Gorillas, etc. I also used to go on robberies with some hell of a gangsters, but they always took the bullets out of my gun because they said I was trigger happy. That's from Street Legends, Volume 1, page 80. Wow. Silk was known for relying on guns to make a point. During a craps game where Silk lost a bet to another gambler, he decided to shoot him twice in the ass just because the other guy won. That's terrible. That I hate seller. that. That's not great. It happens in pickup games, too. Somebody, like, the score is always wrong. Yeah. So people always get the score wrong just because they're tired. It's yeah. like I need we have to argue about the score for five minutes so I can catch my breath. Or like the pickup guy who just keeps calling fouls. Yeah. Ugh. This is the same. This is a That's probably the same guy. Yeah, this is an elevated version <laughs> of that guy. <laughs> this is the next This is the guy yeah. <laughs> if the guy calling fouls started killing people at the age of twelve. This is exactly what it would look like. Perry. Shot him twice in the ass because he beat him in craps. What's the worst punishment you got that you thought you didn't deserve? And then number two if you were going to get shot, where would you want it? It's hard not to say the ass. I know. Does ass does seem the best. Yeah. I, I feel like ass or um, 
They're always taking one in the. That's what I was gonna say. They're always taking one up here, and it's uh-huh. fine. Yeah, like a little floppy under. Yeah, the, yeah. Under hit one. me in the arm meat. Yeah, because I, I got that, that nice. I got the grandma. <laughs> the wings. I got some hang down <laughs> that you could hit. So I probably fuck with something like that. Punishment that I worse. You got and didn't deserve. I got one. So you keep thinking of yours. Please. You don't need to listen to me. So when I got caught with that weed and went to a different high school, um, I then came back after the football season. So all the teachers were real pissed, but they didn't know. They didn't know I'd come back. So I came back to go watch, like they were just playing a like a dodgeball game. I was a pretty popular kid, you know. I sold drugs. Yeah, yeah. I was in shape. You're I played known. on the football team. People like me, you know. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. That's a decent amount of respect. Yeah, at, that's a, public, a, at a public high at school. At a public high school too, that's, in the city. That's solid. So this guy's good, right? So yeah. everyone liked me, and I come back in there, and everyone they're all playing the uh, dodgeball game, and they all see me for the first time, and you know, five months into a kid, that's seven years. They go, oh yeah, and they all start hugging me, and then this one teacher who I didn't like, his name was uh, oh, I forgot his fucking name so long ago now. He freaks out and he grabs my arm like like a like hard. Like, like hard, and he picks me up like that. He's oh. pulling my arm really hard, and I'm like, I go here. He says, you're trespassing, you're trespassing. The only plug that I had was Sacramento's a very diverse place, but mainly it's a bunch of different types of Asian people. Sure, sure. And so we had this one, uh, Kehlani, this young Japanese chick. Obviously, she's in high school, but she was like the creme de la creme, like smartest person in the school. And she was my homie because her boyfriend was one of my best friends. Nice. So, so she sees me getting taken in, and then the cops, and they're trying to get me in trouble for uh, – being on campus at all, then she gets my back. I get this fool in so much trouble, right? Because I was a, I was, I was a uh, student there. We had the principals come in, and they all go, what do you want to happen? I said, I want him to look me in the eyes and apologize. <laughs> I'm fucking 18. <laughs> the dude says sorry, and then his, his – uh, this is the best part. This is one of the best things I ever did. His <laughs> assistant was my girlfriend at the time, so they went in on after hours and fucked her on his goddamn desk. Wow. Damn, that's like some, like – you like re- – uh, re- uh, uh, put a spell on him. Yeah, yeah. That's I, like a yeah. That's an incantation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit up the uh, old Necronomicon and I just yeah. started taking hairs out and building some shit. Pentagram so, on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Did a Ouija board underneath his table. <laughs> Let's I was like, go. can I get pussy? <laughs> yes or no? On his. I did okay. such a little shit. Okay, I got one. I got a. Uh, I got a ticket for not having my lights on in our in, when while it was raining. Were but, you driving? I was driving, but like. I had my lights on. They were just shitty lights. Oh, yeah. I was just I was driving a 96 Accord. Mm-hmm. It was just bad lights. And I was on my way to work. I was working at the, the UPS. Like, the I was loading 18-wheelers. I didn't want to be there oh, at all. So then I get a ticket for my lights, and then they took my license. Because it was like a whole thing. Like, I had some ticket that I hadn't paid before. I had some fines. This just led to, like, me not having a license for, like, three years. Oh, Still driving? Yeah, a little bit. You little know what bit. I'm, I'm just getting a little, you know, spicy when necessary. That is one thing. You know, I you know, one, one thing I really love is when like you're on the when you're driving on the freeway and you see a cop, and they finally pulled over someone with a nice car. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. It's like one of my happiest because normally it's like some guy in like a like an old Acura. Yeah. From like which you just feel terrible. Yeah, it's like this guy's got nothing. Yeah. If he is doing evil <laughs> shit, he's probably not doing it very good, because he would have a better fucking car than that. That's true. Bonus points if it's a white guy in that nice car. Yeah, well, he's like, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah, thank you. You worked it all. Get this little meth freak off the street. Thanks, man. That's not his Lexus. (laughs) That's not his Lexus. Get him out of here. (laughs) 1984 to 1987. The Legend of Silk is created. 
Walking one day, some rival gangbangers new to the area decided to jump Silk. Insanity. As, yeah, I mean, after the, the lore this guy had. Back. But that's the thing back then, you know, it was kind of like the internet wasn't there, so you'd just be hearing about this dude. Yeah. And then also, this is like when crack hit. Yeah. Before, he was dealing in a cocaine world. Then crack hit, there's like no rules. Yeah. Everybody's like, all right, I'm going to kill Silk Perry. Yeah, and then the people you start dealing with. That's why when I I only sold like weed and some pills. I never want to get into this kind of stuff because it's like, just the things people will do, yeah, man. People the stakes, do. the variables yeah. get way more, way more, way more. Yeah, way more. A bunch of weirdo shit. Uh, as they started hitting him, one of them grabbed a large chain and hit Silk over the head. However, this did not knock him down, nor did it knock him out. Silk, this only pissed him off. As the cops rolled up, Silk ran into the projects. What happens next is where the legend differs depending on who is telling it. In both versions of the stories, the gangbanger who hit him with a chain pulls a gun on Silk. One story has Silk strolling out to confront the gangbanger who hit him in the head with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. Silk then perceives the cave the gangbanger's skull in with the baseball bat in front of the cops. Very important, that last part. Whoa. So, (laughs) this is after he shot a hall monitor. Yeah. And... Killed his baseball coach. Yeah, he put his baseball coach in the dirt, shot a guy in both ass cheeks. So, when was he born here? Both 62? ass cheeks is insane. <laughs> I mean, imagine how long you're not going to be able to walk anymore. And or, then or you, shit. And it, it's you're like, like shitting laying down? Yeah. I don't understand. Shit a guy in both ass cheeks over some shit you was wrong about? <laughs> God damn. Next time he's like, hey, you want to roll some dice? Fuck no, no dog. No, dude. <laughs> Get Please. the fuck out of here. All right, it's obvious Silk loves baseball bats. You're yeah. a criminal. What's your weapon of choice? It's time for Jamel Johnson to do some crimes. I mean, it's hard not to say just the blammy. Yeah, a just a nice a nine milli little, you know, get the keep the Glock nine handy. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, me, I've always kind of been like, I feel like there's not enough use of sniper rifles in Ooh. like stuff like this, like. Imagine just like you're just chilling with a guy and his head just fucking explodes and you have no idea and the guy's already gone. Yeah. I'll be a sniper rifle guy. In front of the 7-Eleven? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil lately. It's going to have to be a gun. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I mean, can't use a grappling hook. (laughs) I mean, if you did like the old school piano wire, it would kind of be cool. But it's so intimate, you know? If you shoot someone... It's not like I was really there. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. there. But I was, like, over there. Yeah, I, like, I just did this. Yeah. I did technically the gun. Yeah, the did it. You. Yeah, this, ask Charlton Heston. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's different. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Uh, it's just different. What's your reason? It, it's just a different, it's different way. It's different, dog. I don't know. Don't worry about it. What are you telling me? Look up different. The other version has Silk pulling out a gun as well, and he shoots the gangbanger seven times in front of the cops. In both versions, Silk runs away from the cops, only to later turn himself in because his mother told him to do so. All right, still listens to his mom. That's sweet. Your mother tells you to turn yourself in. You doing it or telling her to fuck off? I mean, God, it really depends on this. We're, we're talking about capital pun. We're talking about uh, we're talking about first degree, del muerte. I might run, dog. I'm I don't know, Mom. F- I'm for sure running. Mom, I'll start a burner Facebook account, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll message you, because I, I think I'm moving. 
<laughs> That's a great one. I always thought about how I would get in contact with people if I went into witness protection. Yeah, you just got to do burner accounts, like the Kevin Durant kind yeah. of thing. It would just be people. like a, I would take one of the white homies' pictures yeah. from back in the day, just like a dude in like all camo. Yeah. I, if I was him, I would take a picture of the hall monitor I killed. <laughs> so people who really knew be like, is that Timmy Turner yeah, from like, fucking eighth grade? <gasps> it's goddamn silk. <laughs> Where are you gonna go? I I kind of I kind of love just the idea of being able to escape to Mexico. Yeah, but it might be harder for a black guy in Mexico. Mexican people don't seem to be very fond of black people. Aquí del negro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh shit. He's like I'm Puerto Rican actually. <laughs> <laughs> I go to I will go to the Caribbean though. Yeah, Caribbean looks cool. Catch me in Belize. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Believe, yeah, cool. Shine isn't going to sign off on any extraditions. <laughs> Him or uh, or Antigua, get some sports bets in. I know. I feel like if you just go to like kind of a lesser known place, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, catch me, catch me on an island. Yeah. Wilding. Yeah. Hmm. Silk has to do some time in a youth correctional facility, but is released in 1987 because the cops testified that he killed the gangbanger in self-defense, which left Silk with a manslaughter charge. He went to Lorton Correctional Facilities Youth Center 1. VA, baby. Yeah, you know that? You've heard of that one? That's before? right around the way. We used to drive by that joint all the time. It's um, They do comedy shows there now. Really? <laughs> this was like federal prison. Also, shouts out uh, to um, the Roberts fam, uh, Terry Roberts, RIP. He used to be a guard at Lorton. Oh, yeah? My, my godfather. From what I've heard from most of my, uh, my buddy's uh, wife is like uh, really higher up on they say that the uh, and my girlfriend used to be a nurse at one. They say that the uh, the youth centers are almost worse than the actual prisons because oh, they're sure. insane. It's just kids. crazy, just yeah. unhinged, yeah. unsocialized. Don't know when yeah. to turn it off. Have just been doing Tasmanian devil shit mm -hmm. since puberty, just off the Richter. Yeah, and they've known nothing. Like a lot of the, you know, you go to adult. You've known a different life than this, but a lot of these guys are in there. The only life they've known is this kind of gang style and then doing that. And the only thing that they really respect is getting respect from other people, so not going to look like a bitch. Yeah, man. you got to throw doo-doo. <laughs> How else is he going to know I'm serious? <laughs> that is true. Oh, man. Oh, I, uh, oh, yeah, this is the next question. Perfect. Exactly what I was going to ask you next. Silk survived his three years without any issues and increased his gang contacts across the city. He also built a reputation for his brutality during his three years at Lorton. Hmm. How many years in jail could you do before you kill yourself? See, now jail, I'm thinking I can handle jail. Jail or prison, same thing. So you say it's just like, yeah, like, because depending on the level, like, I'm starting an open mic in that booth. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting them in line. <laughs> I'm booking a show. I'm, I'm booking going at Lompoc, whatever that Lorton. Yeah. Catch me at Lorton doing a hot five. I'm booking a show in the yard. It's third Thursday every month. Five five cigarettes to sign up at the mic. Yeah, that's it's simple. It's simple. And then you get to do as much time as you want. I'm not going to stop yeah. you from talking now. Just, I got time. Yeah, as long <laughs> as you feel comfortable, brother. <laughs> that's one yeah that's one you could you could run the light i'm not going anywhere yeah no i'm not going anywhere dude it's fine uh mm, it feels like i feel like five years sounds right five is it yeah i feel like i could do five i feel like i could do five uh and then i'll i'll stop doing dips every day and then it'll start to weigh on me 
You talking about the cigarette, the PCP? Well, no, I'm just talking about doing dip. You know, like prison. Oh, prison. Dip. I didn't know because you know, like if you go to certain parts of this country, like the south, the dip is when you put a little. Oh, the little yeah, yeah. Get a little, little w- yaw in your trough. So mine has always been ten years. Ten. That's strong. Because if you really think about it, if I died right now, I'd I'd get out at forty two. That's still a that's still a life. Yeah, yeah. You could come out. You could still get on Tinder. Yeah, fifteen. I'm getting down close to fifty. Mm, yeah, it's a little it's a little soggier. Oof. I shot man. There was I saw some kid on TikTok face tatted up. Just just like just some wild uh, little white kid. He was like, "Yo, I don't know. This is my first day out, but uh, y'all got some hoes on here. What's up?" And I was just like, man, I, I felt kind of happy for him. Are you? I was the- like, he's going to get some bitches off this. Oh, for sure. Especially on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting to see how the TikTok <laughs> kind of works in the real world mm. once once uh, the pandemic's oh, over. Oh, like once it's fully, mm-hmm. once we're fully out the cage. That's a good question. Because like, as of right now, if I, just ticket sales-wise, it hasn't translated. Sure. Yeah. Like for people buying venues for you to go see. You can see guys who have like 200,000 Instagram things. They can't sell out a 20-person venue. That makes sense. But you know, kids do like it a lot. So I think a lot of times, you know, the people with them, the people watching it, don't have money to go out. It's like a twelve-year-old kid. So maybe in time they're going to be able to do it. That's true. It is a lot of kids. You do. We're doing it for the youth. And shout out to all the old folks who got on TikTok this year. It really gave me the confidence yeah. to do my old guy thing. Are you doing out? Are you doing okay well, on it? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, I just finally. I wasn't really putting any stand up. I finally put a stand up clip up there. They good. It, they they like it. It's going all right. I did the one of where I tried super hard and then failed, and there's nothing more embarrassing than this trying This is rough hard. to look at. Yeah. See, I started one, like, what, early 2020? Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, ah, I'm not yeah. doing this shit. And I was just using, like, old Instagram shit. I wasn't yeah. even trying to do new shit, but I was still like, this. it just hurts. Yeah. It's just hurts. It's fucking, I mean, when you put a video up on there and then it either gets, like, the shadow banned because you cuss. Yeah, because you said weed. Yeah, weed or something, yeah, you and then your sex. Banks. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, I don't know, man. I, I'm the science of it is crazy. You can't say these words. You can't uh, talk about violence, but you can see a guy get hit by a car, and you can sell ass. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, it's. I guess it's just you just try to think of like what communist China's ideas would be or something about True, it. True, I guess that's what I'm not, I'm not thinking in the terms yeah. of communist China. They're thinking of like, what can like stop people from thinking outside the box or whatever. People are going to fuck, but you don't want them to do drugs and start thinking about ways that communism might not be working for them. So. Yeah, that's true. Hitman during DC's crack era and time as the Myrtle capital, murder capital of the U.S. 1988. With the skills he learned during his time in Lorton, Silk evolves from gangbanger to hitman kidnapper. Now, did you start uh, stand-up in L.A. or D.C., and what are some skills you learned being in either city? So, in, for instance, you know, he went to Lorton, learned a bunch of shit. When he got out, was able to change. Uh, how'd it go for you? Okay, so I started in Virginia, and I I learned how to deal with a rowdy crowd. That was, like, the first thing I learned. Is out there. Do. Yeah. Now, are you it's doing, like, there. black rooms? Well, or it you was do it, honestly it kind of more mixed thing. I, it was it'd be a mixed bag. It'd okay. be a, it, Woodbridge is very diverse because it's kind of like DC. It's just like an extension. Okay. It's it's abnormally black for the rest of the country. So shows was gonna be mostly black, mm-hmm. but then it would be like four white dudes from a trailer park also at the show. So rowdy. So yeah, just figuring out that yeah. balance. You know, that was like the first thing I learned. Is just like just keep talking. Yeah. Uh, and then. 
Oh, uh, DC. I'm like, I actually learned how to write a joke. Uh, LA. What did I learn in LA? I've so on two things. One, I feel like LA is a city where you don't find like rowdy crowds. Actually, that's true. And you gotta go if you go outside. If you yeah, go you to, like go. Anaheim. If you yeah. go to Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of white drunk women with wine teeth. You know what it talking is. Talking loud. What do you, I so for, so for me in this city? I found you. It's a good place to cut the fat of your act. Yeah. Everything that you might have been embarrassed about. Or at least for me, I start cutting it out. Yeah. Little words. Mm-hmm. Not even whole jokes. But they'd just be like tags that you would always do that just it'd be like, what's the point? That LA is like where you learn how to do it for TV. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You just gotta chop all that shit. And you're just like you're like now how long did you do it before you moved here? Like six years. Oh yeah. Mine was about five, six years. Yeah, yeah. Thank God we didn't start here, right? No, oh that would have been a huge god. mistake. Oh my god, I, I would be so insane. Bad. I'd and, be a crazy person. And I think the worst one is when you start here is that you're gonna get it. Everyone gets a chance to get in some in front of someone important. But the problem is when you start here, you're gonna get that chance at like a two years too Eve, early. Yeah, and it's not gonna work for you. And the first time you see someone, it's how you remember them. That's for sure. And the, but you know what? The other sort of the flip side to that though is. Sometimes it doesn't even fucking matter. You just have to be young. They just want a young Here? guy. Yeah. yeah. That is very true. This so is- the balance of it is you could bomb or somebody could still be like, you know, he is pretty hot. He's like a little kid. So I'd be wondering sometimes, like, should I have just started here just to just do it? But I was already too old. I was too old to be like considered a, a cute kid when I started. I was already 22. I started I was when I was 22. 22 too. Are, so, you, are you the same age as me, 32? 34. 34, okay. Yeah. But yeah, basically it was just like, well, it wouldn't have worked. I'm yeah. glad I, it, For me personally, this was the right decision. But if you are a hot child, just come to L.A., fuck it. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to know anything. Yeah. It's almost like they, they're they willing to invest in someone who's just two years younger than the other person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh, you know, maybe it's just like sports. Yeah. This guy's got a lot more upside. Yeah. Life hasn't beaten him down. What like, I love about- there's no bags under his eyes. Look at him. Yeah, yeah. He's ready to go right now. Yeah. He hasn't got a drug addiction yet. My, You know what I love about the NBA right now is there's a lot of guys who are like five, six years in getting good. Oh, yeah. No, like, it's a, it's got a good the time. Martin Twins. Right? That's their names, right? He's talking about the- Hold on, like Caleb and uh, yeah, oh yeah, they are pretty good. They're good now. Yeah, yeah. The dude on the Heat's been dropping yeah, like twenties. Yeah, and the dude on the Hornets been good. That's a deep cut. Oh, I know basketball. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting the Martin Bros to come. I know up. basketball. Well, right I played. Now. I played two K GM since like two thousand. Oh, so here's just so I just know man. every yeah, player yeah. nonstop. But uh, he's they've been good. I don't, know, who else? I don't know. I just feel like guys get and then the Heat they just bring up random fucking guys and oh, they sure. drop in twenty. That Strauss guy. Like, yeah. who the fuck it's is that? Nuts. I mean, that just shows, like, what a good organization yeah. does. They just, it's like, they're just not going to fuck it up. Uh, and John Morant. I mean, it looks like the league is going to be good post-LeBron. We yeah. don't have to worry about, it's not like when Jordan left and yeah, everybody no, was like, what? this is terrible. Yeah. Which was wrong. I mean, Kobe versus McGrady. It yeah, was a McGrady. fine point I in history. It was a good time. I had fun. I love great McGrady's, like, TV presence as an analyst. Because he did, didn't really seem to care. Do you know, do you, did he smoke weed? He seemed like a guy who smoked He seemed shit. like he probably smoked some he weed. He seemed like he smoked a shit ton of weed. Yeah, yeah. He smoked some weed until his eye uh, got straight. Because remember he used to have the lazy yeah, eye? I, I think he that. smoked it <laughs> forward. Yeah, he saw, yeah, his shit was fucked up. Yeah. 
Silk himself attributes his lack of remorse and increasing bloodlust to losing his mind when his father died shortly after he was released from prison. Do your parents have a large uh, hmm. weight on how you carry yourself? Yeah, definitely my behavior, not how I dress. Yeah, but my behavior. But then also kind of a twisted like, like when I told my mom I was doing stand up, she wanted me to dress like Steve Harvey, like that type of shit. Yeah. But then like I can hear my dad. My dad used to always say, "Hey, every time you get paid." Get a new article of clothing. You never know when you're going to need to be fresh. Somewhere. I feel that same way. You know? But it's always... But I'm not getting, like, professional job interview shit. I'm getting new Wizards hoodies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's I, kind of like a twist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the only reason I, I didn't do a lot of things in my life is because I was like, ah, I just don't want to embarrass my parents. That's for sure. It, I'm Yeah, there's definitely some things. But then there's been some stuff where I was kind of like, hey, fuck it, man. I'll do the I'll do the thing in my underwear. <laughs> oh, the the who, billboard. I yeah, yeah. Billboard. Was that was like, fun. Shit. Yeah, but that was good. Thanks. I know I could see my dad would embarrass about that, even though I think it was great. Like I remember one time we were like in the backyard, and this kid uh, gave me five firecrackers to eat a to eat a salt and peppered piece of butter. Whoa. Well, which could be kind of good. Yeah, and it was kind of like not that bad of a deal. But my dad calls me. He goes, "Hey, don't be the kid that they pay to eat stuff." And I was like, all right. Because <laughs> that could get out of hand. Yeah, that could get out of hand. Next you thing can... you know, they're coming to you with worms. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, get ahead of this. Yeah, dude, you don't want to be, you don't want to get pigeonholed. Yeah, for firecrackers. Because in my mind, five firecrackers for like a piece of butter, probably the size of your middle fingernail. Honestly, not a bad deal. Yeah. Firecracker, okay, when you know how cheap they are. But when you're a kid, your plug's not there. So you're kind of just getting off scraps anyway. But it was fun.